0: Ah, uh, welcome, guys, to the third episode of the podcast. For this episode, I sat down with Danny Kennedy, also known as DJK Fitness. Uh, some of you may or may not know that he's a personal trainer of Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw. He helped develop the Keep It Cleaner program, and he's also a personal trainer of Sam Murray, X AFL player, Michael Klim the Olympian, and Dylan Alcott. Danny's a great guy, and I feel everyone can get something out of this episode if they really want to optimize their health. Danny shares his in-depth knowledge and passion for the industry and also nutrition. Again, I cannot stress enough how thankful I am for everyone's support. Uh, make sure you all follow the podcast Instagram page. Hit subscribe and tell all your friends all about the podcast. I uh, love you all, guys, and I hope you enjoy this
1: episode. Thank you.
0: Danny Kennedy, thank you for joining
1: me on a chat with Pat. Mate, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and um thank you and I appreciate you having me here at the MSAC. It's a great facility and obviously this is where you do most of your work. Is that yeah,
1: yeah. So you've never been here before then? Nah, no, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I have big, big facility, been here um pretty much since I've moved to Melbourne now. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good mm-hmm. spot. There's plenty going on.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um so today, yeah, I just really wanna send you an email to touch on a few things but I want to get back to your journey really to start with into i guess the fitness industry not scaling right back and i guess coming i mean doing my study up for this con- uh, conversation and podcast um went back through the archives and <laughs> i guess you went back through those days of the bodybuilding and yeah. the, that kind of ziz era and yeah, yeah. The, um, so if you want to just share with the, the listeners about who may not know danny kennedy that well um how you got into i guess the fitness industry and what sparked your interest
1: yeah so i um I initially started in the gym when i was about 16 Um, i was playing footy and basketball Mm. and i was pretty much the same height as i am now and i was like around 60 kilos as at the moment i'm about 84 85 um so i just had no muscle whatsoever like i was naturally good at running but Mm. just no strength at all (laughs) um so i got into the gym and um initially i like i hated it i didn't really enjoy it at all for probably the first six months i reckon and then um then i started to see some results and quickly fell in love with it and really started to study up on training and nutrition and did a lot of trial and error um watched a lot of stuff on youtube read a lot of magazines and i just got i was just right into it like i just absolutely loved it and um did every bit of study that i could um on just trying to find out the most effective way to train and and eat and um kind of got a bit obsessed with it i guess and then Mm -hmm. Once I finished school, I'd, um, I'd actually just made the decision to focus on footy instead of basketball. And within like a day of making that decision, um, I got a call and asked, got asked to move to Melbourne for basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that decision changed again pretty quick. <laughs> and then within a week I was living here. So um, once I moved here, um, sorry, backtracking a bit, while I was in year 12, I, I did my um, qualification to become a PT mm-hmm. like separate to year 12. Mm-hmm. Over, over 12 months, I just did it online by Um, correspondence and just so I had it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do after school. I just wanted to make sure that if I wanted to train someone, I could. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once I um, moved here for basketball, I did two years of that and continued to do some more study and whatnot. And um, at the end of that two years, I had an ankle reconstruction. Mm -hmm. So um, that was pretty devastating at the time. And up until that point, I hadn't really had any time to do much work. I was just pretty much playing basketball, um, which was was all right, which is great. (laughs) But he's great fun. Um, But at that point then, I kind of made the decision that I would start working as a PT and start to build up my business. And then Mm. I had every intention to go back to basketball and just never did. Um, I had a few issues with the ankle again and and started to see the benefit of, of starting to build up my business. And... Um, how rewarding it was helping people in the gym and, and helping them go through the same journey that I had because um, I felt like I'd tried literally like anything and everything under the sun in regards to training and food so and I found I thought that I'd found like the the method that worked um, that was effective and it was sustainable for everyone and scientifically backed as well so um, so yeah I started to build up my business in that time I'd started to see some good results myself because mm. I'd actually started to eat and train properly yeah. <laughs> um, after you know after a few years of like I said doing all the wrong things I guess i would found a method that worked and then started getting just mates asking for programs mm. and help with their meal plans and shit like that and um, so I, I decided to start an online coaching business as well so in that process um, you know as I said I started to get more people asking me what I was doing and something that I'd always had an interest in, which none of my friends had ever done before was physique competing, which was like completely different to anything I'd ever done. So then was pretty big. Yeah, it was, it was. was, And like social media wise as well, like Instagram wasn't that big then at all, but like YouTube and stuff was huge. Like it was, it was starting to really um, pick up like the whole gym scene and stuff. It was starting to become popular to go to the gym. Like it was like Mm. a cool thing to do. And, um, the reason why I wanted to do physique competing is because I, coming from like playing team sport for so long, you know, I, I'd always found that like my work ethic was probably my strongest yeah. point. Like, I just worked my ass off. But in the end of the day, like it's, it doesn't always matter, like how hard you work in a team sport. Like you either, you might not get picked for a team. You know that you've obviously got other teammates, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. doesn't always come down to your effort.
0: Especially when you know that they're not doing the work. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah,
1: yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to try my hand at an individual sport, and there was like no, there's nothing like competing in physique. Like it's just the discipline involved, the hard work, like physically and mentally, mm. it's just brutal. So I wanted to try my hand at that, and I did, I did that for kind of over the span of about three years. Yeah and um yeah managed to do okay did did some comps overseas um and in that process documented like everything I was doing to show everyone that like it's actually not like that hard to get in shape like obviously I was trying to get in ridiculous shape but even still I wasn't doing anything crazy like I just wanted to show everyone that if I can do it then they can do it too and um, you know, I just use social media for that, like Instagram. I did like YouTube series yeah. and stuff like that, and eventually started my podcast, which has been going for about three and a bit years now. And um, just documenting what I was doing helped build up my business. And um, and I guess from there, I just continued to go with that, like just using using the social media platforms to um, to try and help as many people as I can, yeah, just sure. provide value in some way or another, whether it be you know. With a YouTube video, whether it be a training session, whether it be showing like exactly what I'm eating yeah. and why I'm doing it, and and you know writing blogs on my website or emails and all that type of stuff, and yeah, that kind of got me into it. And then so now, fast forward to now, kind of just working in the gym, obviously still like I absolutely love that, building up my online coaching. Um, as much as i can doing um, some extra stuff with the online with the girls that keep it cleaner and yeah. my podcast and yeah it's a bit going on which has been fun yeah. so it's just been yeah it's just it's just been fun just being able to, be able to help other people and probably gone now from like i'm not competing anymore so yep. it's gone now from being about me um, pushing myself which i still do with training and everything but more so now about um just helping helping other people
0: what was the hardest bit? at the start of that also you mentioned that that era was scratching the surface somewhat the social media age mm. what was the hardest bit to <coughs> somewhat market to yourself because i had this discussion with a mate the other day when i mentioned oh danny kenny's coming on the show and i said probably no one else really markets themselves to me more smart because i followed a heap of phys- physique and fitness guys yeah. and stuff like that but yeah. the actual content i find
1: that you're one of the best so how
0: what has been the hardest part about marketing yourself someone getting the word out there
1: well the hardest part I've found is that it's just been slow Mm. like I started my um, you just got, and this is the thing that most people don't have is patience like is I started in 2013 I started my Instagram like my I already had a personal one but like I started a fitness one in 2013 and like no word of a lie I've probably posted close to every single day yeah like at least some form of content since then and with the purpose of it being helpful and like relatable and 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 trying to help people with it and you know the the difference between that as well is that like it's not it's not like i'm just posting like shredded shirtless photos of myself every day trying to get people (laughs) to just like it like the purpose is to actually help people so um it just takes a lot longer like for maybe the tiniest percent of people they will be able to start a social mm-hmm. media page or start a business and it'll just blow up overnight oh, yeah. it just but for like 99.9 percent of people yes. that won't happen so we're in that age yeah. yeah so just consistently posting content just day in day out you know and another thing that has helped i think is that like people in the industry and in other industries too are scared to post like their best stuff because they they believe that you know they've studied for it they've had to get all this knowledge so people should pay them for their information yeah, yeah. which is like to an extent like you, they should pay you for your service but they're not going to pay you for your service if they don't trust what you provide mm-hmm. so for me my whole like marketing theory i guess you'd call it or marketing tactic is provide as much value as i possibly can just as consistently as i can mm-hmm. for free so then when when people do need something like i'm going to be most likely the person that they think of and they'll, they'll know that you know for the past three years i've been giving them stuff every single day yeah. for, with asking for nothing in return yep. so when they go oh, i need a pt or their friends are looking for a pt they're probably more likely to to recommend me yeah. but yeah so the hardest the hardest bit has literally just been how slow it was and even now like it's it's definitely in a good spot now like i'm it's much better than what it has been there's still nowhere near where i'd like it to be mm-hmm. So, like, the, you know, the years, even with the podcast, like, the first, I'd say, first year and a half, like, I was getting, like, a maximum download. Like, it, it capped at, like, maybe four or 500 downloads an episode yeah. for a long time. So, like, to consistently still every week put out a new episode when you're seeing the numbers just not increasing mm. is, like, tart and Definitely. even with youtube like i did as i I was doing i, I don't do as much youtube now just because because it, it's pretty time consuming yeah. and and i try to use different platforms like igtv and stuff but there was a period there where i did like i think it was 85 daily vlogs in a row so like That's totally not like true. not short ones either like proper editing every single day for like 85 days so the very time consuming um, and same thing like the numbers weren't going up really like they were going up a little bit but as you know it's very it's a very saturated um, market and saturated platform so unless you're doing something crazy different the chances of your stuff blowing up is quite low and it just takes time and consistency and that's what I say to people now like I like I said I don't think that my my social media or even like my, my podcast and stuff is not nowhere near where, where I want it to be yeah. but people that are just starting come to me and go oh, how do I get my downloads up or how do I how, how can i grow my instagram i'm like fuck. i've been literally doing this yeah. the exact same thing now since 2013 like that's how mine's grown and it's still nowhere near where i want it yeah, to be okay. so you've got to have that drive to just if you don't have patience and, best, and you expect yeah. it to happen like overnight it's just it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. so um I, yeah i think i can't remember the question you asked but i reckon yeah, the, the, the nice biggest takeaway yeah. from that is if you're wanting to to grow your your brand and, and stuff is, is you need to be willing to just help and provide as much value as you can and be consistent with you can't just post once this week and then a couple times next week and then just when you feel good and and when you don't like you've got to be consistent with it yeah yeah like it's it's all well like i'm the (laughs) i'm the last person that can talk to you about that like i i definitely have in the past but a lot of the time even when i do it's like it's got a purpose like the the caption will be talking about how i've got to that point or it'll be it's not just like like my photo because I've got no shirt on. Like yeah, I that t-
0: same conversation with my mate. I said, you know, I instantly un- I look if I find someone popping up who's a you know fitness influencer. It's almost I think they've got that role to provide that content information. And then if they've got a topless photo, topless photo, and then it's hashtag motivation, <laughs> how am I going to get to that? How am I? Gonna, where's the content? Where's the information? Where's the nutrition advice? Where's the you know? That's, well, that's just it's, like to be relatable thumb for me. Yeah, it's like it's it's
1: it's not relatable to. You know, like I, as much as they're ridiculously good athletes, like I don't look at, I don't look at like Phil Heath's mm, profile and beast. go like, oh, that's, that motivates me to train. Cause I'm like, I'm not using steroids. Mm. I'm not competing in the Olympia. I'm not a full time bodybuilder. So that doesn't, that doesn't, like I don't look at his post of him in the gym, even though he's got a ridiculous not physique. Beast. I don't look at him and go like, oh, that motivates me to go and train. Like I, I would look at guys like, you know, example like Steve Cook, someone I'm like beast, that who yeah. has a good physique. Has a business is still you know athletic and and is a physique that's a bit more attainable than 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 these other guys, but and appealing to like the everyday person. Yeah, guess, yeah. exactly. And and you know for those that are listening, that you know your niche might might not be that. Mm. Your your niche might be bodybuilding. So you need that's what you need to keep in mind as well is that um, this is what I struggled with early on is I tried to post a lot of content that was just appealing to everyone, which if you're trying to be the jack of all trades, you just it's just not going to it's not going to happen like you you're trying to do too much at once like if you can really figure out what your niche market is like who your who your audience is and you can talk to them directly Mm. because if that is bodybuilders and it's body there's so many people out there that are interested in that but if you're posting one photo of you in the gym looking jacked (laughs) talking about bicep curls and then the very next one you're talking about fucking you know some vegan meal you had and then the (laughs) next meal you're talking about yoga and it's just like It's all over the place so it's very hard for your it's going to be hard to grow your audience if they don't know what they're going to get
0: and it's that common theme of just grinding it out no matter what that niche is so just keep working it takes time it's not going to happen overnight because we all hear about these overnight successes but really we don't hear about the stuff before that
1: really like yourself working and yeah to be perfectly honest there is no such thing as an overnight success even the ones that are you know quote unquote overnight successes that there's there's always Mm. stuff behind it like You know um a really good example for anyone that follows the nba like a few years ago yeah. when jeremy Lin, jim do, do you remember yeah, this yeah and yeah. jeremy lynn it's came only, out and just yeah. went nuts, nuts like started scoring 50 points and playing like just outrageous and everyone's going this guy's just come out of nowhere and well he hasn't he's <laughs> he's, he's he's like worked his ass off for years and years and years played for college basketball turned up to training every day and he just got his chance and he and he he did well yeah. and you know if you're talking about people that are like you know the very tiny percent of people that are overnight successes mm-hmm. a lot of time it doesn't last it's like people that <laughs> that have seconds. come from like no money and win the tats lotto a lot of them go broke still yeah because they don't know what to do with it. like oh, they don't nice. they haven't had that foundation there in the first place so yeah. um yeah it's just consistency is the biggest thing and it, whether that be with building your business or even people that are listening for the purpose of trying to get fit like just what no one, no one's just willing. A lot of people aren't willing to do it. Like, completely agree. You know, it's a thing that I always say is that, um, like, a good, a good or a great month is is far better than a perfect week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people are so worried about Monday to Friday eating perfectly, or like, fuck the amount of times you hear people <laughs> say like, oh, I'm starting this new diet this week, and you can't have this, you can't have that, you can't have this, and this is what I got to do this week, and they're talking about it as if it's like the worst thing they've ever done. And you can just tell they can't wait to finish it like there's no chance you're ever going to stick to that it's never going to be never going to be sustainable so what like there's to me there's just no point in Mm -hmm. doing that um and it's the same with business if you're not truly passionate about what you're doing then you're not going to be consistent with it like i don't don't necessarily find it i don't find it hard every day to post content Mm. that's going to help people it's not like it's a chore like i do it because i'm like all right just what's just what I want to do. I, want, I enjoy doing it. I'm doing this shit anyway, so I may as well just document it and show people what I'm doing, like Yeah, just didn't watch that mic.
0: <laughs> A bit of Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: um but
0: yeah, so that's Yeah. So, yeah that. so that eases into now I guess your relationship and how I guess for the listeners out there, how you worked into I guess the Care but Cleaner girl, so Laura and Steph Claire Smith, of course and I guess, how did that come about? Obviously, there was that a lot of hard work, that marketing team. How did that come about with that relationship? Um,
1: man, like, the, it's funny. I'm sure we'll talk about it maybe eventually, but, yeah. like, the, yeah. the amount of, like, opportunities that have come out of just, um, not not chance, but, like, by just not being afraid of people saying no Mm-mm. is is ridiculous. And, like, that, I could list off literally, like, five to ten massive, part, like, massive things that have happened, like, in my my career so far which Mm -hmm. is not not very long um would have just been that have come about because I've like just asked someone for something or without the fear of them saying no No. or without being worried about what other people's opinion is of me or whatever but with the girls um you know i was training um i've been training um climbing now since like a year or two into when i started yeah so him and i are good mates and he came in one day and brought in um uh graham which is laura's Uh, um fiance so Dalt came in for a session and um i think him and i just caught up maybe a couple weeks later and and he just mentioned that laura wanted to start training and um so yeah laura started coming and doing some strength training with me and um we're doing that for a couple months and then and then yeah she just came to me and said that her and Steph are going to start an app Mm. and asked if i'd be the trainer for it and um, I, i said yes obviously and then yeah since then it's just gone it's gone pretty nuts like it started off start it already started pretty big but now it's just crazy like what what the girls have done is just insane so um it's been enjoyable being part of that journey and being able to reach again it's been able to reach a bigger audience and more people and help a heap of girls that have probably never done strength training before it's just yeah it's different like it's different to my usual well it isn't it isn't different to my target market like a lot of the a lot of the girls now that start this have just never never done this type of training before. So eventually they do start to really like it and then which has been good for me because they kind of carry across to my content and mm-hmm. they want to learn more about strength yeah, training because they see the benefits of it because yeah. they probably just, have just never done it before. Yeah, take
0: those extra steps forward and see what can Yeah, be so good.
1: it's just cool to be able to reach an audience that I probably wouldn't be able to otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and the
0: great thing about that app um, is that it's accessible for girls and it's got, I guess, they share that overarching view. of I guess there is, you know, especially, I guess, with... Girls and the dynamic of body image issues, and I guess it's all over in Australia. Where do you sit on that? I mean, it's quite a big, complex thing and issue in Australia. I feel, and I believe, and I see it at work because I'm a counsellor, a social worker, and. Mm. As in, like, girls, body image. And yeah, body image, yeah, and yeah. teenagers who, who have that issue. And the great thing about that program and those girls is speak, uh, speak that message of, you know, it's okay, it's accessible, you can do this at your home, you can do simple exercise, and, mm-hmm. that, and then you can take the step into a commercial gym and do Danny's program. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think I think the good thing about what the girls do, and it's, it's not just Steph and Laura as well, it's like you're seeing it more and more now with, like, the 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 girls and guys, but, like, particularly girls that have good influence on that younger audience is that they're being a lot more open about the yeah. fact that not everything has to be polished and and fully edited and you're not always going to look fantastic you're not always going to look lean there's going to be days where you've got shit skin there's going to be <laughs> days where you don't want to train I, I talk about it as well like there's days where yes. I, people always ask me like how do you always stay motivated and i'm like i don't like there's so many days where i come in here and just can't be by the training like I got, I'm very grateful and lucky to be able to train every, like most of the time. Can't the mind but, <laughs> yeah, but like wing. I got love being able to train, but there's still days where I can't be bothered. There's days where I don't want to eat well and there's days where I don't eat well. Um and with the girls, like what they do well is they yes, they they do train very hard and, and um and they um have uh, you know like they're they very fit and they and they have a lot of good content to share with the girls that aspire to do what they're doing yeah. but they're also willing to show like the times where they can't be bothered or they're not yes, they're not looking their best right. and um so i think to answer your question i think at the moment like social media is extremely good but can also be have an extremely negative effect as well because the problem is uh, a lot of younger girls in particular are so um impressionable yeah. that they will do anything and everything they see online or they will see a picture of um someone that looks fantastic online and think that they have to look okay. like that or if awesome. they don't look like that then they're not they're not um as worthy as someone else like mm-hmm. it's they place a lot of value on themselves are based around what they look like mm-hmm. and it's just not that it's just not healthy but um i think if if social media is used properly and it's used to like you said be able to show that not everything ha- like just show more of the raw side of yes, of things yeah. and and on the days when you can't be bothered there'll be days where you feel great there's days mm-hmm. where you don't feel great it's all just part of the journey and and um nobody's perfect like i i kind of go out of my way to especially with like stories and stuff on instagram and yeah. it, you know we we're talking about it before with the podcast like with with my podcast i keep it very conversational and very raw like yeah. I don't really edit anything out. Like I don't. It doesn't need to be perfect. Like as long as the content's good, the content's good. That's why I love Instagram stories because like not like no one's really sitting there editing a photo for hours to put on their story. It's just like I'll be in the gym and, and I'll have a client doing an exercise. I'll just get my phone out, quickly video, it, and draw some shit on the screen yeah. and, and upload it. But that's gonna help someone, and people can relate to that because it's just it's not it's just the raw footage. There's nothing edited, nothing um, different to what anyone else is doing, and um Yeah, and I talk about that. Uh, I was did, did a interview on someone's podcast yesterday, and we talked about, um you know, they asked it, like what it's like to train like some of these like athletes yeah. or like you know influencers and stuff. And in the end of the day, like fuck, everybody's exactly the same. <laughs> same. You, you've got to train the same. You've got to eat the same, uh, to an extent. Like you've you know, it, we're all the same. Mm. And and like if you're a good person, you're a good person regardless of how many followers you got on Instagram. If you're a shit person and you've got a heap of followers on Instagram, you're still a shit person. Yeah, yeah. And that and the same with, you know,
0: I guess, you know, if you've got good content, you the followers are gonna come. People are gonna listen. People are gonna take on yeah. all your advice.
1: Yeah, and like some of the best um the best advice, or not advice, like some one of the best things I've heard, I guess, um, about content. And for those that are listening at the moment that don't have a big following and mm. and, are, and are worried that not many people are seeing their stuff or whatever, like if you even think about like having an Instagram with Let's say a thousand people that, mm. that follow your instagram that's imagine standing in a room like i know that with instagram now the algorithm and stuff not everyone's going to see your content but yeah. you know, if you just pretend that that's not true for a second <laughs> and if you stand in a room with a thousand people and you tell them something you're standing in front of a thousand people saying that you know i did this with my training today it's pretty it's a lot of people, people. so yeah. people just don't actually realize how much influence they can actually have yeah, yeah. and it only takes one person like you only need to affect body. one person. But like every time I post, my, my goal is to uh, to help one person at least. Yeah. If I can help one person, then that post has been, has, has been a value to someone. And no doubt
0: you're helping someone, again, with body image issues. And, you know, if they can see how to do things the right way, they can get that confidence up and they can make those correct changes like sharing those exercises and sharing those diets and what to eat and counting calories and doing all the right tools. You're effectively helping someone have a better image of themselves like mm. the message you share in Keep It Cleaner.
1: Exactly right. And and that's it. You you've got to sh- you, that's that's the whole purpose of this is just trying to just try and help people not make the mistakes that I made, mm-hmm. but also just fast track their results for free. Like there, there's so much stuff you can do. Like I think with like online coaching and stuff, even PT to an extent, a lot of time people hire an online coach or a PT now is just for accountability. Like you can go online now and literally find anything and everything you could possibly ever want and need around training and nutrition. For free, free. So, So um, you know that's the beauty of posting a lot of content is because people are still going to pay for your service mm-hmm. if you're if you've got if you provide enough value and they need they need that accountability and they need your service they will come to you if they have enough trust in what you're in what you're doing for them. Yeah, yeah. and that intertwines into
0: the next question. And um, I, I guess from my experiences, um, there has been some, I guess, cracks in the fitness industry and yep. where we're going. You know, with the personal training fitness industry where do you think that's heading I guess in Australia because if we compare to say you know American you know where they've got that strength and conditioning programs and they become a trainer and then they just get an influx of clients mm. where do we somewhat go wrong in Australia with the fitness industry from your view I
1: just think it's too easy to become a PT yes I just, a PT. I just don't think that you know the fact that you can do like four to six weeks <laughs> courses to become a, a qualified personal trainer which like I say this to to guys and girls that come and, that new PTs that come and talk to me about what, like any advice I can give them, is that like you have a huge responsibility and you can have a massive yeah. impact on other people's lives. Like you can literally change someone's life with what we do in a positive or a negative way. Yeah. So the fact that you can go for four to six weeks and just sit in a class and, and fill out an exam and, and within six weeks you're qualified to be in charge yeah. of somebody else's health is um, pretty full on. And I just don't think it's almost to an extent, like s- I think some people are just taking the piss like that is look at yeah, that yeah. PT as like a quick way to make money, money. or just oh. an easy, little, easy <laughs> little job on the side. And people get found out very quickly. It's just not the case. But the fact that it is so easy and even, you know, like I, I even talk about people that go and cause I never actually went, I deferred my um, course at uni. Oh, I did yeah. exercise and sports science at Deakin. I deferred it two years and never went so but mind you like i still every month now i'm doing like reviewing um reviewing research papers yeah, doing man, as course. much going yeah. to many seminars and, and all that type of stuff that i can to to upskill and increase my knowledge but people that come out of four year uni degree now still like yeah. you've done no no real world experience so you're coming out and you know all the theory that there is to to know but you don't know how to communicate with someone or you haven't actually put it into practice and so I just think now that it's just too easy to get to become a PT and people just aren't qualified enough. Yeah. The qualifications need to be longer. Like even when I did it, like it took 12 months like it, and like that's a relatively short period of time um considering that's like what I'm doing for my career now. So um yeah, I don't know. I just think that it is, the the qualifications are way too easy. You don't need to do it. there's not enough knowledge in there like actual real-world knowledge like when you go to school like unless you're uh, doing yeah. accounting and stuff and like that, you taxes. don't worry about yeah. all the, You don't even learn about all the stuff yeah. that actually matters. You yeah. learn about like trigonometry and stuff. That I <laughs> can't even <laughs> and remember. Like pot news and yeah, you're yeah. never going to use that shit. So yeah, I, I, that's that's what I think. I think it is a very good thing that there is um, so much, that there's such a big focus on health and fitness now though. Mm. Like there's just so many gyms, so many programs. Everybody is getting right into it. People are starting to realize that it's so important to be healthy, oh, not only physically, right. but mental health as well, which is just fantastic. But with that becomes a lot of the stuff like the that's just not not as important mm-hmm. and, and it's not um, not high quality stuff like like I said you if you're training somebody you you are kind of taking control of their health oh. and fitness so if you're not doing it right it can, it can have a negative effect yeah. Well, yeah
0: people start taking the piss like, yeah if you think of it as easy way out you are gonna get caught out you are gonna get mm. sprung about how bad your business or how bad or why not you're not getting clients why you're not seeing results
1: yeah yeah and if you are doing it purely just to try and make some cash or like that's the thing like and 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 that's all that's the other part of that is that like they're doing a four to six week course and coming out and going like i should be making his cash straight away like what the fuck like no you shouldn't like i even now like there will still be situations where if i see an opportunity that i think is a great opportunity that could could help me network could help build up experience blah, blah blah i'll do it for free. To, to make sure that I can get that opportunity. Or if someone comes to me asking for help, like my main priority is always to help first. Like, obviously, yes, I, I feel like I should be paid for my service and, and I do get paid for my services, but your, your main priority should not be just to put money in the bank, like even though that's what everyone wants to do, like it's obviously a part of life, but yeah, and there's a couple of your goal should be to help, yeah yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, there's a couple of great themes. like, you gotta A, care and you gotta B, have that knowledge. Yeah. yeah and I remember I listened to a podcast Lockie Wilmer I don't know if you're familiar okay, with him yeah. GWS's strength and conditioning yeah. coach and he said he believes and I think you're a groundbreaker in it that people are gonna he believes that people are gonna be more accountable in the fitness industry now because these exercise and sports science people well, they can, they're not really got great jobs so they're gonna filter through in the personal training industry and therefore the old PTs are gonna be Kept on their toes because this level of knowledge, is yeah. Going well, to come that's
1: out. that's it. And then, you know, the the next part of that is as well as it's easy to get a qualification now. Like you have just touched on, mm-hmm. there's so many PTS out there that have been PTS for years that are just stuck in their ways of like this oh. is this is the way it is and that's it. Like I'm not willing to not no, willing to go yes. to seminars. I'm not willing to upskill. I'm not willing to educate anymore. You know, if I believe that. You know, the barbell back squat is the best exercise for legs. I don't care if there's all this research that says it's not anymore. I'm still like, that's just the way it (laughs) is. Like people are just like oblivious to the fact that that their their way, their method may not be the best way anymore. And that's something that I've always tried to take on board as well. Is that like, let's use nutrition, for example. I'm a massive advocate of flexible dieting and tracking macros and at least calories and protein. If someone came to me tomorrow with a bunch of research saying that it doesn't work, (laughs) I'd be like, all right, it doesn't work. So yeah. then we so then you go on to what does work. You go you follow the 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 evidence based um information out there to, to go with what does work. I'm not just gonna keep saying that I'm right even when like I know that I'm not. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you just have to always be learning. There's always new stuff to learn. Um yeah, that's mm. which is why I try and do as much upskilling as I can yeah. as often as possible. And speaking of well yeah, now nutrition. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of relates to, you know, everyone wants that quick fix, aka okay, the personal training, the fitness industry. I think that kind of transitions into fad nutrition based diets, aka vegan, yeah. <laughs> keto. And flexible dieting mm-hmm. which I kind of think so you know calories in, calories out yeah, kind of differs away from those two I think we just get consumed on the quick fix mm-hmm. do you believe on that? do you I think it carries over with nutrition that vegan keto kind of stuff and IF even intimate yeah
1: producing. look I, I t- my, my opinion on nutrition yeah. is so simple like if we're talking let's just talk about fat loss for now because yes. the majority yeah. of people are wanting that mm-hmm. in the end of the day to lose fat you need to be in a negative energy balance mm-hmm. so you need to be expending more energy than you're taking in. Now, if that means that you do that following flexible dieting, if that means you do it following a vegan diet, Mm -hmm. whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it is keto, it doesn't matter what approach it is, it's going to work. So, you know, more often than not, you, you see people follow extreme diets one because they just heard it's good so (laughs) something like keto for example right people go um all right i've I've been eating normally and someone's gone try keto so i've tried keto for two weeks i've cut out all these carbs i'm just eating fats and protein so what they've done is they've just removed a huge chunk of calories from their normal diet because more likely than not they've been consuming way too many calories from carbs and and unnecessary fats so over that two weeks, they lose weight and they go, oh, holy shit, it was the carbs this whole time. <laughs> like that's, that's why I've lost weight, like keto is the answer. But it's not. It's just you've just, you've just removed so much, of a big chunk of calories and now you're in a negative energy balance. Mm-hmm. If we had have done exact same thing, put you on the same amount of calories and still had carbs in there, your results yeah, have been the same the
0: results same. are the same yeah that's the thing
1: and with like even with this vegan vegan stuff like I think if you're if you're following the vegan diet for the right reasons so like you genuinely believe that your health markers are going to be better with vegan or if you're against cruelty to animals or all that type of stuff then all for it like go for it I, I'm, I'm sweet with that but if you're doing it because you've watched Game Changers, <laughs> fuck, I mean, like, give me a spell. The guy who, who funded the the documentary owns, like, one of the largest vegan protein companies mm. in the world.
0: Or, be, or if it's in. Like,
1: or, yeah, and they
0: get, we get shoved that, Or if it's in and, or seen in to be vegan, you know, like preach it. Yeah, yeah
1: it's, so people are just too impressionable and always looking for the easiest option, always mm. looking for the next best thing. Like, it's, it's simple. Yeah. It is so simple. Expend more energy than you're taking in. Eat enough protein and try and choose high-quality high, high quality foods. That's all there is yeah. to it and just be consistent with it. and you'll see results regardless of whether it's vegan, low-carb, intermittent fasting, whatever it is. It's just finding an approach that suits you yeah. and your lifestyle and following the very, very, very simple principles yeah. of expending more energy than you're taking yeah. in only slightly. Like you don't need to do anything drastic and needs to be sustainable. And if you're following it, you'll see results. That's, that's all there is to it. Yeah, and that's a great message. If you, Like the result is no matter what calories in slash calories
0: out, but you know what you're saying also there are these diets that can kind of somewhat influence it but if those diets are working and it's no matter what the calories in versus calories out is always going to work that's why it's working it's the result yeah exactly yeah it's It's the result of Mm. no matter what in the day yeah
1: it's not working because you're not eating carbs or (laughs) it's not working because you've cut out milk from your coffee (laughs) like that's just absurd there's there's no such thing as fat loss foods there's no such thing as as weight gaining foods um obviously like i think it's it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if you're feeding your body with sh- like poor quality foods mm-hmm. it's not going to perform at its best you're not going to look your best you're not going to feel your best yeah. it, and that's just obvious so majority of the time you should be aiming to get in nutrient dense whole foods that's just a no-brainer but in the end of the day it's not what you're eating it's about how much you're eating 100
0: percent now um steroids mm-hmm. uh, quite a big topic for some years now <laughs> and i guess you've kind of you've you may have you know, experienced it, I don't know, you may or may not experience it in the bodybuilding scene, physique competition. Where do you stand in steroids in bodybuilding slash fitness compared to steroids in sport or is that you just share one whole belief like cut it out or whatever?
1: Um, like I personally wouldn't do it. Like I, ne- I have never contemplated it and I just never would just because mm-hmm. I'm su- such an um, advocate for s- just – grinding away and making small progress and putting in the work and 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 knowing that i've done everything i can to yeah. see results so for me it's just not an option like at all like i would never contemplate it in saying that in things like bodybuilding you know like the most successful bodybuilders in the world are all on steroids oh, no, like I, you, you know. get, I could probably name maybe five guys that are that are doing extremely well that are natural
0: yeah. i thought phil heath was natty <laughs> <laughs> she's using creatine <laughs> creatine and drinking big M's yeah. but
1: but like the success, most successful bodybuilders in the world are all using gear Like mm. that's all there is to it so if your goal is to be a successful professional bodybuilder then I don't see a problem with using steroids because it's because that's what you want to do everyone else is doing it if it's not unless it's a natural federation you're doing yeah. it cheating then that, that's I'm completely against that but if everyone, everyone else is doing it and that's what you want to do you're doing it properly you're making sure in some way it's it's hel- not healthy, but you're, you're tracking it and making sure it's the right amounts and whatever, Safe. then, you know, it is what it is. People, I, I still believe you should reach pretty much your genetic potential first before, before you, you do it because a lot of people now just like see, see like just go into the gym and they've been in the gym for like six months and it's like, oh, this is taking too long and they get on gear mm-hmm. and they still look like shit because they don't have any foundation.
0: Yeah, all the skinny kid like the st- somewhat stereotypical happens back home, you know, the somewhat skinny kid who blows up in a year like yeah gains 20 pounds or 30 pounds like, yeah it's
1: know. just like and they don't look good nah, and nah. it's and it's not good for you it's really not good for you and that's the other thing to keep in mind is that a lot of these guys that are doing it even a professional bodybuilders have reached like their peak mm. naturally first before doing it like uh, I've got I know people that have competed naturally and then got to a point where they're just they're making not much progress at all mm. and they've decided to compete untested so it is what is what it is like they do it it's their choice in sport completely against it obviously yeah. i just think you it should be a even playing field like if you're if you're like i just completely against cheating like in in any way shape or form so if you're knowingly taking something that you know is going to enhance performance which is banned substance then yeah i've got no time great. for you exactly
0: and if you want to cheat and if you want to use go to a federation that is that allows it like yeah if you're bodybuilding go like i said bodybuilding is
1: yeah. a very accepted sport yes to, to take steroids performance enhancing drugs it's just it is what it is every every bodybuilder that anyone listening probably ever heard of is mm. has used used yeah. it to get that size it doesn't just happen from pumping out three sets of 8 to 12 yeah. reps <laughs> on bench press <laughs> um and
0: transitioning from steroids um a big debate is now coming in the sport of crossfit uh one the recently i think in the last games an Aussie i don't know if you're too familiar with it Ricky Garrard I think was Ben, one of them, got mm. done with steroids in CrossFit. What is okay. going into CrossFit as a fitness avenue? What do you see CrossFit as? How do you view that? And I know I heard your podcast with Lockie, the my yeah. Muscle Project Boys. That was great. How do you, and just touching on that for the listeners, how do you see CrossFit?
1: Look, I think um, if you're doing CrossFit, if you've already built up a good foundation of strength, um, aerobic capacity, you, you've nailed kind of the skills of lifting, and and you've learnt how to deadlift properly, squat properly, hand clean, power clean, all that yeah. type of stuff. And you're working with a good coach, um, then CrossFit is awesome. Like yeah. it's it's very physically demanding, it's mentally challenging, it's it's hard, like it's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. like I I kind of like that style of training. The problem is is that if you've got a license to to label your gym as CrossFit, then you can there's you just got to buy the license and that's it you know what i mean so there's, there's a lot of poor coaches out there just like there's a lot of average pts the difference is is that your crossfit is doing um highly technical lifts under extreme fatigue so it's just like a recipe for disaster yeah. it's a recipe for injuries when you're highly fatigued trying to perform a lift that should be done when you're completely fresh and you know there's there's sessions and classes where people are doing things like hand cleans where like you know it doesn't necessarily need to take this long but i remember when i learned a hand clean i did it over like the span of three months like starting with a broomstick then going to a barbell then going to breaking it down into different segments and and really breaking it down until I did a full rep whereas you've got people coming in for their first ever session doing hand cleans or yeah so I just think um, that's probably why it's got a bad name I actually really like it I think it's awesome like when you watch the CrossFit Games it's disappointing like it's going to happen in every sport I guess but it's disappointing that people are using steroids but when you watch them they're just freaks like the stuff they do is out of control like it's nuts Mm -hmm. to be that good Across all different, a, a, a range of different um, areas of fitness like strength, flexibility, my mo- like all that type of stuff. It's just nuts.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think people just turn a, a blind eye, and you know they get into this whole us versus them. Thing, yeah, it's same same
1: in, same in yeah. it, it's same with everything in the in the fitness industry, man. Like I, and mm-hmm. to be honest, like I, I was probably uh, I've probably been guilty of that too. <laughs> like when I didn't know enough about it, I just like kind of trashed it a little bit because you see that there's just so many injuries and and it's just doesn't everything you see online is pros about it people like that are against it there's always a for and against everything talk to people that do crossfit and they'll show you and talk to you about things that are awesome talk to people that don't like it they'll do the exact opposite so you've just got to be um open enough to do your own research and look at it but like you said it's an awesome awesome very difficult sport and um can be awesome for some people uh and i think it's good to have a bit of a mix like i've got some online clients at the moment that are mixing up between crossfit and and strength training Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they, they love it. Yeah, so they're probably lacking that accountability somewhat to mm. teach their new members
0: how and to do things. Yeah. And another thing you just touched on then is that, you know, you have members and clients who are quite adaptable and flexible and you're quite the same, mate. You, I guess you, we can say that you're probably quite an all round guy and I like to try to be the same with my fitness thing, which probably made me appeal to you and your yeah. source of training. Um, lately, you did the... What was it the, the uh, wild fighter and he yeah played boxing for, for a while that yeah. would have been a crazy experience
1: it was yeah so i'd done um i'd done like a bit of boxing just with fitness for footy and stuff like that in the past and i've always loved boxing but i've never done it properly like i've never gone to a, a proper boxing coach and, and learned how to box properly so again it was like the physique competing it was on the bucket list to do at some point probably not to the extent that i did it like i would You know, any normal person probably would have done like an amateur fight with headgear and and shorter rounds and all that type of stuff. But I, being mates with Will um, Tomlinson, the promoter, I just jumped in the deep end and did did a pro fight first up. So um, did that in December last year. And the training camp and stuff was awesome. Like uh, the whole process was unreal. All the sparring and stuff leading up to it it was nuts. Like it was just ridiculous. Like awesome adrenaline rush Mm. physically and mentally toughest thing like toughest thing you'll do like it's just brutal like is finish up a sparring session and it it is just absolutely brutal like um got so much respect like for for those that do it already did but so much respect for those that do it kind of full-time stuff now i don't know don't know how they do it but um it was an awesome challenge and yeah felt good coming into the fight and then started off okay and then just you know boxing is um pretty is a very unforgiving sport and just got hit with a, a good shot and that was all it took it was lights out <sighs> So um, yeah, it was an awesome experience. Obviously, not the result that I was after, but um, I said before it that I wanted to do one, and, and regardless of the result, that was probably going to be it. And um, I'd like to do some more sparring yeah. stuff in the future, but I probably there's no there's no real incentive for me to to fight again. Like yeah. I said, it's dangerous. So you, de- you wouldn't dangerous do it again sport.
0: in the in the foregone future or anytime soon.
1: Definitely not as a under pro rules. There's just no need for me to do it. Like he's it's, yeah. it's just um it's just a silly decision to, to <laughs> do it, to do it. Like it was, a. am glad I did do it, but um, to do it again, like is, you know, I've got nothing to prove. Like um, it's just not, yeah. If I could get another hit, like there's no point getting hit in the head for no reason. Oh yeah, exactly. And but um, sparring amazing. and stuff with headgear and that I'll do again for sure. I can't wait, but, um, but yeah, probably won't step in the ring again. as yeah. not under pro rules anyway.
0: Yeah, it would have been an unreal experience for sure. It was, wheel. it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like
1: it was a, it was crazy, crazy atmosphere ridiculous adrenaline rush um f- yeah physically and mentally tough it was, it was good i'm glad i did it
0: and one thing you consistently i guess from that experience and putting yourself out there like somewhat making yourself vulnerable and also a great theme on your page which some people might know of is that your knack of i guess improving that mental strength and capacity and mm. so things like mindfulness and things that you portray each day and do like routines like that to increase that mental strength? Is that something you consistently do?
1: Yeah, it is. Like I've probably since um, 2017 put more of an emphasis on this. Like I've always obviously been big on physical health, but um, mental health didn't really put much time into it until 2017. Um, So every day now, like I meditate in the morning. Um, I do like daily goals, um, a gratitude list, and I try and do as much kind of personal development as I can. So whether that be audio books, podcasts, um the whole the whole thing and um yeah meditation's been been huge like i've really really benefited from it um i've done it every single day since jan 1st 2017. um this year the goal is to do a minimum of 10 minutes a day and yeah was continue to build on that and with that's come other things as well like just looking into more to different types of you know cognitive enhancement type stuff and nootropics and even guys like wim Hof like doing some different breathing techniques just trying to take yeah take a bit more control of um my mental health and and yeah just looking at different different sides of um fit health and fitness apart from just the physical like the um aesthetic side of it as well i think we yeah
0: we dismiss the mental side a bit in within our like training fit guys and or people I think it somewhat gets dismissed a lot you know and then you know pull intertwines with the mental health stigma, but you know. I think training your head and up up top and being mentally strong and compact Mm. can also transcend physically into the gym and that knack of wanting to go for, you know, physical enhancement journeys like yourself, like with boxing and things like that, it's it's just silly if you dismiss it, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it is, it works hand in hand, like... Mm. It's very hard to have physical health if you don't have mental health but at the same time your physical health if you're in the gym moving exercising multiple times per week the f- positive effect it has on your mental health is just so significant like i've talked to people that have gone through depression and, and they've gone through their own mental battles and pretty much every single one of them the main thing that's that's helped get them back on track is just getting active is getting in the gym and having a goal and so moving and uh, yeah it's just it's just so big so um it works hand in hand yeah
0: Danny Kennedy, I think that's all we've got on that, that spreadsheet today. And awesome, mate. I appreciate your time, mate. And just for the listeners, where can they find you on your social media and things like
1: that? Um, oh, probably the best best place to find me would be definitely check out the podcast, which is just called the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Um, it's on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, my Instagram, which is at DJKFitness. And then um, you can sign up to my free email list, which is just on my website, which is dannykennedyfitness.com. And, um, yeah, there's plenty of content for you to yeah. check out. Yeah,
0: thanks, brother. And rehab that shoulder well and get yeah. some more medications and yeah. manage that pain. <laughs> I know, about to fall asleep. Thanks thanks he- <laughs> having <laughs> Thanks for, having <laughs> thanks me on, for that time, mate. Cheers. Appreciate it.